it's no secret that at one point in time, all of us have been angry. In fact, you might be angry right now. In this episode on anger, we will talk about anger in scripture, how anger has been viewed historically in the church, whether or not it's okay to be angry, and we'll provide 10 ways that you can deal with your anger. Thank you for joining us for our 14th episode, Anger and 10 Ways to Deal with It. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Practical Barista Podcast. We are back finally. Um, I think our last episode was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. November. It was in November because we talked about politics. It was right before the election. Um, but yeah, the, welcome back. Uh, I'm Thad. I'm Mike. I'm Josh. And uh, we're happy to be back with you. And it seems like every week that we've tried to get together to do a podcast, something has come up inevitably. Yes. And those some things were usually some big thing that we could not postpone and had to keep going. So unfortunately, the podcast had to be put on pause, but we are back ready to get into this next episode with you. Yeah, and some some of those some of those reasons that we didn't was also just like, hey, I've had such a long week. Like, <laughs> we haven't even been able to look at a topic, let alone record something. And so, uh, it's it's recognizing that need for Sabbath sometimes and that and for rest, but also sometimes it'd be like, hey, I've got some more pressing matters at the moment to deal with. So yes, um, yeah. So so a lot's been lots been going on. Um, and uh, is there anything new and exciting going on in your guys' life? So we are church planting all the time. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons that we haven't been able to get the uh, extra space to get podcast information down and get an episode together. But it's exciting. We're in the fruited plains of South Central PA and loving it here in Dillsburg and church planting. Uh, so we've been doing... Uh, invite and connect events once a month. We've been reaching out to people and having coffee and lunch and having services. And uh, it's been great. It's nice. been great, but it's yeah. just been a really full schedule. Yeah. And, and things, things here with, uh, with our family and the church have been good. I'm going to be in super intentionally vague here and just say that two, 2023 is going to be a really big year for our church. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of moving parts right now, a lot of changes that are coming up, a lot of new things and tackling some old issues. Um, but the exciting thing is that uh, our church is going to be hosting a new church plant in Dillsburg. Really? Yes. Um, uh, what was the name of your church plant? Huh. Let me check the business card here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Christ the Redeemer. Oh, that's weird. That's the same. That's the same church that's going to be using <laughs> our. Yeah, we uh, we've been able to to work out and get approved that uh, Mike's church plant is going to be able to use our family center. So we have another building. Um, it's a big open gym, and they're going to be able to use that on Sunday mornings to to worship so they can shift from the Sunday evening to Sunday morning rotation, and uh, we're super excited about it. And the nice thing is that if it ever doesn't work out in there, we have a fully furnished sanctuary that when they're meeting isn't being used. So it's, it's, it'll work out well, and, and we're excited to, to do that. So we're going to start doing that. So I'm going to give a shameless plug. <laughs> Uh, for more information, check out ChristTheRedeemerPA.com. That's our website. You can get all of our information there, and we'd love to have you. We're meeting February 5th on Sunday morning, starting at 1130. But until then, we're meeting on Sunday nights yeah. uh, at 630. And if you're looking for a church on 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, Dad, where can they find the UMC Calvary? CalvaryDillsburg.com. Woo! <laughs> two it. shameless plugs. Yeah, Those yeah, are free, yeah. guys. Um, but but we've got some good stuff to go over today, and uh, 
our our goal is to eventually get these episodes a bit cut down. Um, we love doing the long, the, kind of the longer episodes, but we're we're gonna just try something different. But since this is our first one back, <laughs> we're not really worried about no the guarantees. Time. Yeah, um, but we're gonna talk about anger today. But before we do, I think it's good that we open up in prayers. Let's pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for this topic of anger. It's hard to talk about sometimes. Um, it's a feeling that we often have. It's a feeling that, you know, it's it's hard to overcome. Uh, but we know that you are the bringer of peace, the the comforter. And we just ask that you guide us through this conversation. That um, if we touch on something that's sensitive to some people, we pray for a, a spirit of discernment, um, a spirit of, of peace to overcome them. And if we say something that's really off the beaten path, we say something that might be wrong, we pray for righteous anger to come to come upon us, that someone speak <laughs> out and say, hey, this is this wasn't okay what you said. So um, we subject ourselves to you in this in this episode, Father, and we uh, we just pray for every person who listens. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen. 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 So what is anger? Anger, according to the dictionary of Christian Christianity and Ethics. Quote, anger is a passionate response to real or perceived insult or injury to oneself or to one another. That's a pretty good, pretty good definition. Um, and Easton's Bible Dictionary. So we, we like to just kind of pull in some dictionary ones and see if we like them. Um, so Easton's Bible Dictionary says the emotion of instant displeasure on account of something evil that presents itself to our view. In itself, it is an original susceptibility of our nature, just as love is. And is not necessarily sinful. It may, however, become sinful when causeless or excessive or protracted. As ascribed to God, it merely denotes his displeasure with sin and with sinners. So it's got a it's got a wide range of possibilities here. Um, but it 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 seems to kind of all hit the same point that um, it's a passionate response. It's it's an emotional response to something that's perceived as insulting or dangerous. And I want to encourage you. If you have to go back and just rewind 10, or 10, 10 seconds or 30 seconds, these definitions are good because so often with our emotions, we don't have language for what we feel. Yeah. And these provide language so that we can work with them. Yeah. And so please and if, go back, if, rewind it, listen to that again. And if you've ever struggled with putting words to your emotions, just look at a, at a baby or a toddler. Yes. Um, that's what, half the reason why they act out the way that they do sometimes is because they don't have the language to express whatever they're feeling. And so when they're hungry, they're angry. When they're tired, they're angry. They, they, they do that because it's natural to them. And so now we can put some words to it. Yeah. And these are balanced uh, definitions. And so that when you're working with yourself or with others, you can go, oh, that's what it is that's going on inside of me. So please take a second and, and just get language. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and in anger, we want to really talk about like anger, especially in Christianity. You know, where, where does it happen? Is it okay to happen? Um, what's kind of the, the view there? So I, th- I thought was interesting because I looked up um, a concordance. So if you don't know what a concordance is, it's, it's basically a collection of, of a majority of the words in the Bible and how many times it shows up and where you can find them. And so I looked at an NRSV concordance that I have up in the office, and the word anger appears 319 times in the Bible. Now, this concordance also includes some of the Apocrypha, but there weren't very many references of anger into the Apocrypha, so I didn't really want to subtract those out. But 319 times, and that word anger is often connected to like angered or angers or angrily or angry. You get the, you get the gist. Uh, 
But what's fascinating is really anger can be seen in Scripture in, in three places. It can be seen in human anger. It's often talked about in human anger. Um, it can be talked about with the anger that Jesus has or shows and um, in some of his lessons, and then also God's anger. So I guess right off the bat, what we should talk about is human anger. So um, in human anger in Scripture, we're told that we should do what? We're going to, and we're going to give you these references. We're not going to go through all of them, but human anger, we're to refrain from anger. Yeah. We so have to... this is Psalm 37, 8, Ephesians four thirty one. So as we're going through this podcast today, we're not going to read all of the references, but we want to give them to you so that you can go back and read them later. Yeah. So, so with, with human anger, we're cautioned in scripture to, re, to refrain from anger. Um, that's, that's the big one. And we're going to look at this word later on circumspect as yeah. a way to guide us with yeah, our anger. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the one of the interesting things is um, I went back and looked in the in a document called the Didache. Um, Didache just means teaching. And um, um, for those of you who don't know, the Didache is uh, is a document written back in the like the the mid to late first century. Sometimes that it's you know pointed at the early second century. Uh, it's a it's written in Koine Greek and. Um, it's a document that highlights a lot of the teachings that the early apostles were teaching. Um, and some, some people actually believe that the Didache was written between 50 and 70 AD, which yeah. if that's the case, the Didache was written before some of the scriptures that we have were written. Um, and, and so these, this is a document that is pointing at the teaching of, of some of the apostles who are still alive yeah. at the time. And this is, this is often pointed at, at being some of the earliest Christian writings on teaching, yep. Christian teaching writings that we have. Um, so in the Didache, in chapter 3, it says, My child, flee from every kind of anger and from everything that looks evil. Do not get angry because anger leads to murder. I, I think that couldn't be any more clear. Yeah. And then you see um, a clear, obviously, reference to this, that we must be slow to anger. So as humans, we must be slow to anger. Josh, would you read James 1, 19 through 20? Yeah, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Mm. Yeah, and I, I love this reference because... This slow to anger is one of the attributes God attributes to himself in the Old Testament. And obviously, we can see this played out in the gospel. The gospel is God's demonstration that he's slow to anger and quick to love through the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus on behalf of our sins. So this is a great reference to have, one to really memorize. Yeah, and and what's interesting is is this next point is, is one of the differences between us and God. See, God does not have to do this because God's God's anger is just. Even if it doesn't seem fair to us, it's always just. But for us, one of the things that we're told is to keep our anger in check, to keep our temper in check, right? Um, and and we can find a reference of that in Proverbs 16.32. But again, the Didache says something about it in chapter 15. It says, correct one another without anger, but do so peacefully as, as you have it described in the gospel. Wow. Um, and, and that's that's beautiful because, yes. I mean, you think about um, some of the things that we've seen in church history, for example, like the, the legend of, of, um, of St. Nicholas, right? Um, who sl- Some stories say that he open-hand slapped and punched um, <laughs> Arius, though, yeah. at the, was it the Council of Nicaea? Yeah, that's, and, that's um, a legend. And three, uh, 326, 
AD. Hold on. You're going got, for like the exact date. I'm trying. Hold on. Man, Let's see. It's early in the morning too. Of Nicaea was in ah, 325. I was close. Um, but yeah, he got so angry at the heresy that Arius was was spouting out that he hit him. And the the other bishops actually put him in jail, uh, as the story goes. And so so as we as we laugh at that, you know, you, you kind of think that man, I wish that Saint Nicholas would have read the Didache <laughs> a little bit before. This is a good example of what not to do. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, make sure that you're correcting one another without anger. And it, so it's not saying again, it's not saying don't correct others. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, today we often see where we try to correct one another. And the first thing we're told is, you know, judge not lest you be judged is, is what I often hear is, you know, we shouldn't be judging other people. Uh, but the reality is, is we're supposed to be using scripture and the teachings of the church to correct and reprove and to reform and to, to, to build up one another. Without flying into rage. Yes. yes. And sometimes that means a little bit of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways to look at it is, you know, in the form of medicine. If you have if you have a cancer, you have to cut the skin to pull the cancer out. Cutting the skin doesn't feel good, but it's better than the cancer growing. Yes. Um, so that's just one way to look at it. But also with anger, um, in in our anger, what m- must we avoid? Directly, Scripture says, in our anger, we must not sin. So mm-hmm. our first resin, uh, reference is Psalm four four. Josh, would you read Ephesians four twenty six through twenty seven? Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Do not make room for the devil. Yeah, and uh, anger as a human emotion is an allowable thing. Um, it's the object of anger and what we do with it. That's that's pretty much the problem there. Yeah, we have to submit to the lordship of Christ. So mm-hmm. this emotion is a human anger. I mean, excuse me, a human emotion. Mm-hmm. But it's the object that we have to be reflective of because in our first part of our definition, it says real or perceived injustices. Mm-hmm. So we have to allow for the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit and then our actions that then follow it. Are we submitting that to the lordship of Christ? And we have to. Um we're going to look at Joel Green's word of circumspect later on. It's a great choice of how it's going to guide us with our anger. We're going to go over 10 of those uh, nuggets later on, on how to help uh, be circumspect with our anger. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what, is, what does anger um, put us in danger of? Yeah, it says here in Matthew that it puts us in uh, danger of the judgment here. And if you say, you fool... Um, you'll be li- liable to hellfire. So God takes this extremely seriously. I'll read it quick here. This you've, is Matthew what? Yeah, this is Matthew five twenty one through twenty two. Okay. You've heard it said. You've heard that it was said of, to those in ancient times, "You shall not murder," and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with your brother and sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult your brother and sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to hell uh, to hell of fire. Which is pretty serious. Yeah, and this is interesting, too, because uh, this is a direct quote of Jesus. And and Jesus is taking one of the, you know, the Ten Commandments, right? Do not murder, do not kill. And this is, you know, you get in the discussions of which Old Testament laws do we still follow? Are they all applicable? And I love what Tim Mackey says about it. He says that when it comes to the Old Testament laws, you know, which ones do you have to follow? Do you have to follow them all or not? And he goes, yes and no. And that's... It's a very ambiguous response, I think, but it, it's good. And in this, um, what we're seeing here is is Jesus is taking that first, co- you know, that commandment, um, and and expounding upon it and saying, yes, you're, you know, murder is wrong. Murder will will land you in in judgment and in hellfire. 
but what does murder entail? Right. And he mm. goes further to say that your anger with a brother or sister, um, and, and the King James Version actually includes the phrase without cause. Right. Um, it's not included in all the other the later translations, but I think it's I think it's sound there, mm-hmm. especially getting that the meaning here is um, being angry with, with your brother or sister without cause um, is the same thing as murder. You may not have murdered them physically, but in your heart, in your mind, in 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 how you treat them, you've you've accounted them as good as dead. And it's you see the glory of the gospel is to go right to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. It's not just your outward. Um, conformity that that Jesus is like no anger and murder start in the heart and the mind yeah and by the power of the spirit we truly can change from the inside to out but if we're not going to be um, clear with the word of God dealing with our thoughts and our actions on the inside first we'll never get free and yeah. I think Jesus is trying to give us a sober reality check yeah of how dangerous this can be yeah because because I mean you know you look at uh the, the rich young ruler, right, who goes to Jesus and says, you know, how, how can I earn salvation? And he's like, well, follow, follow the law. And he's like, I've followed the law since my youth, right? I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. Um, and then, of course, after that, Jesus says, well, sell all your stuff and give the money away. And he kind of backs away. But I think about people like that who said, well, I've followed the law. I've done everything right. And Jesus is here saying, yeah, but have you been angry with somebody? Yeah. Have you assassinated somebody in your heart, in yeah. your mind, Ooh. with your words? Yeah. Ooh. And then you find out that, oh, wow, we're all pretty guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what's interesting is, is there are moments, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there are moments where anger is okay. Anger is justifiable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that our anger against someone else's sin and sin in the world is not ours to avenge. That right. sin is not ours to avenge. It's whose? It's God's. Yeah, I mean, Over and over in the Old Testament, we must let God avenge sin. Yeah. We have Psalm 94, verse 1. And then we see it in the New Testament with Romans twelve nineteen and 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 8. This is so important. Mm-hmm. This is so important. God is the avenger, not yeah. us. Yep. Um, and then we get into the topic of, of anger regarding Jesus. And and what's fascinating here is when you talk to a lot of people today yeah. and you talk about anger and you talk about how bad anger is, what's the first thing you hear from people? Oh, well, Jesus wasn't like that. Yeah. yeah. The, don't judge me. Jesus would never do this or be angry about sin. Wait, where, are you, where are you getting that from? Well, or or I was, I was more thinking the first thing that I typically hear from people is they want to justify their anger. So they say, well, Jesus flipped tables. Okay. Jesus made a whip and started you know, beating people with a whip in, in the temple. And we use those examples as, as reasons for us to be angry or, or justifiable reasons for us to be angry. And we say, well, I can, I can be angry at the guy that cut me off because Jesus is flipping tables. Jesus showed <laughs> anger, so it's fine for me. It's just this one small problem, Pastor, that. What's that? He's Jesus and they're not. It's true, and G- and also Jesus' anger was justifiable because it was righteous anger. Yeah, he's God. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, Again, just yeah. that one small problem, right? Yeah, uh, and but we see multiple times. You know, Jesus, Jesus gets angry, um, and it happens. He gets angry at injustice. Mm-hmm. We see that in Mark three five and in ten fourteen. He gets angry at the misuse of God's house, which is the story of him flipping tables and right. um, and driving people out. Um, and that's you can see that in John two twelve to seventeen, for example. Um, but he also shows some anger in the time of final judgment, and you can find reference of that in Revelation six sixteen to seventeen. Yeah, and also in the beginning part of Revelation, he's talking about having eyes of fire. Um, mm-hmm. This is 
I, I believe in Old Testament reference using the concept of eyes being fiery judgment. And uh, it's, it's clear God does get angry and Jesus gets angry over sin. But yeah. again, I just can't stress that enough. In their anger, they don't sin. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's the first thing. So cutting the, off someone in traffic and getting ticked off. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my guess is you're going to get into some sin. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the anger of God, that's the very first point to make is that God's anger is always righteous. Exactly. Always righteous. And that's that's an important thing for us to remember is is when we talk about righteous and what is good and what is bad and, and um, um, ethical, we try to formulate what God can and can't and should and shouldn't do based on our understanding of good and bad and righteous and ethical. And that's not what we do. We should form our ethics based on what God has established. Right. Um, and that's, that's something where we as humans cannot do correctly all the time is our anger is not always righteous. Yeah. We're broken in that way. Yeah. Um, but why does God get angry in, in, in the, in the story of the scriptures? Okay. So we have reasons for God's anger, the worship of idols again and again in the old Testament. It's clear that God's anger is manifest against sin. Uh, we also see unbelief, the unjust treatment of others, things like the orphan and the widow, taking bribes against those in court, mm-hmm. uh, refusal to repent. God Ooh. expresses his anger. And that's, a, and that's a good one even for today because a lot of believers say, well, why, why do I have to repent if God's already forgiven me? Um, or they, they've done their one-time repentance prayer, you know, Jesus, I repent, please save me when they're nine years old. And then in their 40s, <laughs> they've had, you know, 31 years of sin that they've not repented for. Mm-hmm. Well, why do I have to if I've been forgiven? Well, mm-hmm. uh, right here's a good example is that God, God gets angry at our refusal to repent. Yes, and keeping in fruit of repentance is mm-hmm. what John the Baptist says. We've got to keep bearing fruit in repentance. Yeah, yeah. So we have expressions of his anger. It's manifest in temporal judgments and, of course, in the day of the Lord. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this, this is uh, a soberness. It's supposed to bring a measure of soberness to our life. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of gospel preaching, gospel teaching is talking about the anger of God. Yeah, and we don't often see that today. Um, we... God is oh God is merciful. Mm-hmm. God is graceful. God is loving. God is kind. He is slow to anger, but it doesn't say that God is without anger. Right. He's slow to it, but when God is angry, you don't want to be the 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 subject of that anger. No. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. I mean, ugh. Um, we want to we want to try to avoid that. Um, but but God does get angry, and yeah. we have to. We have to take on the responsibility, especially you and I as, as preachers of the word, but also to anybody, anyone who's a baptized believer who is a minister of the church, right? Because yes. every baptized believer is a minister in some in some capacity. We have to be showing to people equally his grace, his mercy, his love, but also his justice, sometimes his anger That's for right. the things that upset him because we want to avoid those things. Yes, yes. Um, absolutely. Josh, would you mind going through when it says God's control of his anger here? List off some of these uh, ways in which God controls his anger or attributes. Yeah, God is really slow to anger. We were just talking about um, Sodom and Gomorrah, um, and that was talking about how, uh, you know, God sent fire on the city. And and, uh, so you'll notice God first, uh, he goes and tells Abraham, (laughs) and Abraham's like, 
uh, if there's this many people in the city, will you destroy it? No, I won't destroy it. If there's this many people, and he keeps going down until it's like ten people or something. Yeah. And or was it a single guy at the end? Was he like, if there's one person, would you not destroy? It was a really low number by the end, and uh, that shows how much mercy God has. Um, before he gets angry, like if we had that level of slow to get angry, I'm pretty sure the world would look like a different place. Yeah. Um, and God always wants to, he'll turn away from his anger. It says in the Psalms that his anger is only a moment and his mercies are everlasting. So we see that. Um, and of course, believers are spared from God's anger because, uh, we're his sons and daughters. Um, now that, uh, we've been saved by grace, we're no longer under the wrath of God as, uh, sinners. Yeah. And, and God's mercy ultimately is overshadowing his anger. Yeah. His anger is, per, is there and it's persistent sometimes, but his mercy will always overshadow that anger. Wow. Absolutely. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, Christ. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and we see, uh, we also see anger, you know, regarding Christianity. Obviously we've had a lot of New Testament, um, um, referrals, but I wanted to read again another another point from Joel Green's Dictionary of Christian Christianity and Ethics, um, and in it it says, in the New Testament, anger is seen within Jesus toward his opponents among the scribes and Pharisees and the temple elites in Jerusalem. However, on the whole, the New Testament is against anger, stating that it is a deterrent to a faithful Christian life, contrary to the virtue of love. It subverts faithful discipleship and divides the community and renders ineffective its witness to the gospel. Christians are to be slow to anger. Amen. So that brings up the question that most people have. Right. Is it ever okay to be angry? According to Thomas Aquinas, yes. According to John Chrysostom, he's a late 4th century bishop and an amazing preacher, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, of course, one of our fan favorites, John Wesley, says yes. yes. So Aquinas says that anger actually has the potential to cause mortal harm. But anger in itself isn't always a, a mortal sin. Right. Um, and he goes on to talk a, a little bit more about how anger is is a natural human emotion and that it's something that God gave to us. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it has the potential to cause mortal harm. Chrysostom claims that uh, sometimes it's actually a sin to not be angry, it's good. which seems crazy. <laughs> but you think about a lot of the injustice we see in the world, and That's if right. that doesn't move you to anger, then... I, that's a problem. Um, and I, I really wanted to point out what, uh, what John Wesley says about anger. Um, and he, so in his sermon, um, on our Lord's sermon on the Mount. So this is one of John's, uh, John Wesley's sermons. He's, he's expounding upon the sermon on the Mount. And I'm, I'm, I believe this is the area where in the sermon on the Mount, it says, um, I'm blessed are those who are meek. I think Okay, I don't know what reference he's talking about, but I don't quite remember. But but let me just read this now. Now, mind you, John Wesley is also a seventeenth, um, eighteenth century British, you know, pastor, uh, Anglican priest. So uh, bear with me as I read this. Our Lord here ranks under the head of murder, even that anger which goes no farther than the heart, which does not show itself by an outward unkindness, no, not so much as a passionate word. Whosoever is angry with his brother. With any man living, seeing we are all brethren, whosoever feels any unkindness in his heart, any temper contrary to love, whosoever is angry without a cause, without a sufficient cause, or farther than that cause requires, shall be in danger of the judgment. And cos este shall in that moment be obnoxious to the righteous judgment of God. Anger at sin we allow. In this sense, we may be angry, and yet we sin not. 
In this sense, our Lord himself is once recorded to have been angry. He looked round about upon them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He was grieved at the sinners and angry at the sin, and this is undoubtedly right before God. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, get, he pretty much cuts to the point there. <laughs> yep. Um, so it is, it is uh, we, we try everything that we can to avoid being angry, especially anger without a cause, but that cause has to be a righteous cause. Right. It has to be a good, righteous reason to be angry, and anything other than that is detrimental to us and our spiritual health. Yes, and let's be clear that those terms are usually set ultra clear in scripture. Yeah. So if you're, well, is my anger a righteous anger? Does it check with scripture? That's, that's where you want to head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, you know, I've got one, one story before we get into our 10 ways to deal with it, um, of, of anger. And that was, um, uh, I was living in a, I'll be, I'm going to be super vague here. I was living in a location and I was helping to, um, um, uh, I was leading a church in, in this location. And I found out that one of the neighbors up the road was leading, one of the like largest gatherings of white supremacists in the state. Um, and this, this person was involved heavily with like some local sports teams and local institutions. And for some reason, when I heard about it, I got really angry because I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom in my mind that there was still someone who thought that, you know, for in this case, that, that black people were second class human beings. Right. Um, and that were lower than white people. It just, it blew my mind. And I, I remember yeah. being really angry. Yeah. And a little bit of it was was hateful anger. I mean, it was, I wasn't, I wasn't angry at the mindset and the belief. I was angry at him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this world would be a lot. I, I mean, I, at that point, I was like, this world would be a lot better place without him. Honestly, that's that's what I, what I felt. And, and as I've worked through, you know, trying to understand anger more, was there some righteous righteous anger there? Absolutely. I absolutely think there was. Yes. But I allowed my unrighteous anger to overshadow the righteous anger, and that put me in, a, in not a good spiritual health place. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, now I try a little bit more carefully to be righteous in my anger if I have to be angry. That's a great example because it's a great example of, of allowing yourself to be circumspect of mm-hmm. there was righteous anger mixed in with fallen humanity there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, let's talk about some ways to, to deal with anger. So we've got 10 ways to deal with our anger. So let's, let's work through this. Yeah. Let's give you 10 practical steps of particularly how to be circumspect. So this word circumspect, as we go through it is a chance to be wary, to pause, to look around you and say, okay, right now I'm feeling anger. What do I do with it? Yeah. To be cautious. To be cautious. Yeah. 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 So let's, uh, first one, number one, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're feeling anger, to take a moment and do what I call a quick breath prayer. Just a few words, God help. Because um, I'm feeling something here and it's either real or perceived, injustice, God help. Mm-hmm. And allow the Lord by grace to come in to to deal with that and salt your mind, if you will, salt your heart, salt your emotion, salt that anger. Okay. So a quick breath prayer. Um, second would be to quote scripture. James is to says, be quick to listen, slow to anger. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Um, those are some some good areas that you can quote some scripture. And this is where the, the being able to memorize scripture, you pull out your spiritual sword, mm-hmm. and you're ready to start dealing with, this is what I'm feeling, but I'm subject to the word of God. And even if you struggle with memorizing scripture, because I'm, I'm definitely one of those people mm-hmm. that I'm, I've just, it doesn't, 
doesn't click in my head. Um, there's nothing that says that you can't make a little journal, like a little pocket journal that just has scripture references in there. So like when I'm feeling angry, a lot of the Bibles will have that. When you're feeling this, when you're feeling that, turn to here. But make one for yourself, like a little pocket journal that says, hey, when I'm angry, and write out some scripture that you can say. That's good. That's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah. So what's number three? Number three, uh, meditate on God's kindness and mercy. Uh, did we just say that one? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> meditate <laughs> on God's kindness and mercy. The reason why I tied it together in my brain is so often when I'm memorizing scripture or getting it into my heart, I begin to apply it to myself. So I forgive, there, I'm forgiven, therefore I forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, God's been merciful to me, therefore I need to be merciful for other to others. So think on how God has been slow to anger with you and then act that way with other people. Yeah. So in a sense, you're constantly chewing on that spiritual food, and then that's what you'll give out in these moments that are, well, let's just face it. Usually when we get angry, it's in, it's in really tense conflict moments. Yeah. Number four here is uh, be accountable about your anger by confession and prayer. And this goes back to our discussion about repentance. Yes. Um, it is okay to be wrong. It's okay to admit fault, and we are called to do that. One of the important things that, that the church today kind of neglects and modern Christians neglect is confessing their prayers to God and to one another. Mm-hmm. And so that might mean on Sunday morning, if you're in church, and let's say your church does that time of, of um, asking for, for prayers and, and um, for lifting up the joys of God, it's okay to stand up and say, can you all pray for me? Because this week I was really angry at somebody Absolutely. and I struggled. And that, honestly, I would encourage you that um, that, that become your normative practice to yeah. stand up in those moments and confess sin and ask for prayers. Or in your accountability group or in your yeah. small group. These are places, there is power in this, in the confession and asking for prayer. God openly tells us that he will help us if we ask for prayer. Absolutely. What's number five? Name it to tame it. Ooh. All right. So a little fun and play on words there. Be honest with yourself and in prayer. Be honest in your accountability partner what you're feeling. When you say you feel angry, it is no longer hidden in the darkness, but it is out in the light. It has less power to control you. So, so often I have found in my life that if I'm not honest, and you see this a lot in the Psalms, just how brutally honest David and the other Psalmists are about mm-hmm naming it and saying, look, I feel angry right now. And and the play on words here to tame it is because it doesn't have a chance then to grow into bitterness. It doesn't have a chance when I confess to you that I'm really struggling with this guy. I'm really super angry. And then he's like, Mike, well, do this or let me pray for you. It doesn't have ability to control you. You have ability to control it. So name it to tame it. And I want to encourage you, even in conversations, if you sense somebody else is angry with you, take the moment and go, hey, I... I'm sensing some anger right here. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Can I understand your point a little bit better? And it does offer an opportunity to de-escalate sometimes because people want to be understood most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying this is a, a silver bullet all the time, but it's, it's a good one to have in a tool bag. Well, in referencing the Psalms and David and the Psalmist too, we, we also can keep in mind that um, God can handle our anger. Yes. Like it we often try to hide our feelings from God. Like right. when we pray, if we're really angry or frustrated, we're like, God, I just, I just need a moment with you. It's okay. Honestly, it is okay in your prayers to sit down, to kneel, to lay down, to stand up and say, God, I am livid with you because I see this injustice, this thing. How, where are you? It is okay to do that because A, God can handle it. And B, it's been modeled for us in that prayer style throughout the Psalms. 
Um, it is okay to do that. And then, of course, at the end of those, though, the psalmist usually says, but Lord, I know that you will do your will. Right, right. I know. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay to show your anger at God, but make sure you follow that up with remembering how good God is and how merciful he is. And that is. we're submitted, no matter what, yes. it's his will be done, not mine. Yep, absolutely. But, but the honesty is clear in the Psalms. Yep. Josh, what's number six here? Number six. Yeah, it says take ownership. Um, Using the word I, no one can make you angry. I know that sounds, uh, I know that's something that I've, you know, like when I'm getting angry, it's so easy to be like, you know, oh, it's their fault. Like that's probably the number one human thing yeah. is, is is when someone's making you mad, well, it's their fault. That's the injustice. And uh, it, the honest truth is no one can make you angry. It's your choice. Uh, the Spirit gives us self-control to take ownerships of our actions um, following it the Lord's way. Yeah. Uh, well, that's one thing about emotions and anger is that they often uh, – I'm no scientist, but I, I do know that uh, emotions will often – shut off the part of your brain that says uh, logic and and uh, sometimes taking a moment to de-escalate or taking ownership of your problems helps you kind of uh, get the logic side of your brain working yeah. so you can look yeah, yeah, yeah. at the emotions. Um, and, and Mike, and for point seven, you kind of touched on it already. Um, but if you sense that someone is crossing the line of anger with you, um, it's okay to, to name that in a question form. So you can say, I sense that you're angry right now. Am I right? Um, I sense you are angry. If I am wrong, please help me understand what I might be sensing. Um, so so often, even if you are wrong, people want to make sure that, that they are understood and that you're going to you know, gain that in, in your communication. Yeah, and, and one of the nuggets here that I want to draw out what Josh is saying and that what you're saying here is you're, you're taking personal responsibility because you're using the word I. Yeah. And that's the key phrase. I sense you're angry. Right. Um, not you make me angry or you're a – and you put some adjective in there and call him a name. Yeah. Um, and what that does, it takes ownership. And then even – and I've been practicing this, making sure I use the word I. I've gotten into some tense moments and I'll say, hey, I'm not understanding you right now. Could you explain a little bit more what you mean about this? Because I'm sensing you get angry. You might even find the person goes, I'm not angry. I'm upset. Yeah. And on the inside, you're scratching your head like, what? what? Well, and this, and this <laughs> like, is get a, more details. And this is a good thing to understand, too, especially if you're someone who's married. Uh, because a lot of the times your basic level, your basic anger comes at your spouse and, and from your spouse. And, and this actually is reflective of, of a counseling technique called speaker-listener. And, and basically in speaker-listener is when you're, you're not trying to fix the problem right away. You're just trying to understand the other person and make sure that they feel heard. And so in that, you would sit down and you would say, you know, um, one spouse might say, I'm really upset that well, I asked you to do the dishes before, you know, before you left for work and, and you didn't. And that, you know, that really hurt me because I have a lot of other stuff I got to do. Then the other spouse can sit down and say, all right, I hear that. What I hear you saying is that I made you, I made you angry this morning because right. I didn't do what you asked me to do. Um, and, and that, that helps. And it helps people to, to not only think through it, but it also helps us to sit there and say, you know what? It's kind of, it's kind of silly that I'm angry at you over this when we start talking about it kind of open about our anger. And sometimes we might be like, no, 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 I'm still pretty upset at you over this. 
Um, but yeah. St. Francis of Assisi, he put it this way. He said, Lord, this is a prayer. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood. Mm. And so it's just a quick little prayer and it's a nugget that will, I, I find has been helpful to deescalate my own anger. Yeah. And then when I'm eager, and I mean that in all sincerity to try to understand somebody else, it helps deescalate them because they feel valued. Yeah. Again, not a silver bullet, but I have found it helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what's what's number eight? Okay, number eight. This is this is okay. We're giving you permission. Stop, or pause, or even walk away. So, for example, if you have a pre-agreement with your spouse that when you sense that things are going over the line with anger, either with you or with your spouse, you tell them, "Hey, can I just have thirty minutes right now? I need to I need to control myself. Can I have fifteen minutes? Some people, mm-hmm. I need to go work out. Can I just go work out for like two or three hours, clear my head? But you've already had these pre uh, agreed boundaries, premeditated boundaries that are consistent with scripture and with conscience. And I put that in there because, you know, you're in the middle of a conversation with someone and you just bolt and storm away. Yeah. Uh, not so good. Not yeah. so good. Yeah. So pre-agreement, uh, and it's already consistent with scripture and conscience. Um, and, and this is a hard thing to have with people that aren't you know, like your close friends or spouse, people that you're around a lot. Right. Um, and, and this, I mean, this is an area that my wife and I have where, um, my, you know, when it comes to conflict resolution styles, my wife is very much an avoidance conflict style, and I'm like, we need to do it right now. Like, <laughs> right. we need to do right. it out. And this is something that we we've kind of sometimes we've had to use it where I, it'll just be like, hey, I need 30 minutes to not see your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need to just step outside and and step away because I'm I'm on the verge of saying something that I shouldn't say or uh, speaking out of anger. Um, but when it comes to people. Maybe that you can't sit down and say, hey, before we talk about this sensitive topic, I just need you to know these are my boundaries. Absolutely. It's okay in that conversation, even if it's with a stranger or someone that you know you have to come back to the conversation, just, like as you're feeling anger, just, just saying, hey, before we go on, I need to go, I need to step aside for a few minutes because I'm feeling a little bit upset um, and I'm feeling a little angry. Just give me five minutes, please, to, to step outside to recollect myself and I'll come back in. And if they disagree with that, then just say, well, I think I think at this point we need to discontinue this conversation. It is okay. You don't have to be that formal. You can just be like, I'm sorry, man. I can't keep talking about it then. If you're not going to be able to give me what I need in this moment of just a break, I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore and well step said. away. Well said. Um, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, number nine, take deep breaths. Wow, yes. Uh, there are a number of ways to do this. You know, you can take three deep breaths. Uh, you can pick on three objects, name them one by one with a deep breath in between. Um, and then there's something called the box breathing method. Mike, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So this is a technique, again, to help deescalate you in, in a moment where you pick up. Maybe you're in a, in a conference room setting or you're in school or you're at home. You pick a window and you breathe up on one side of the window. And as you're going across the top of the window, you breathe out with your mouth with something that would be not a whistle, but you know what I mean? In, in yeah. that way. And then you follow the pattern down with the window, taking a deep breath. And uh, when you go across the bottom of the window, you let out that deep breath again. This method <clears throat> Josh was talking about before allows for the motions to calm down in that part of the brain and go to the, I think it's the prefrontal cortex again, the PFC, mm-hmm. and go back into the area of logic and assessment that is tempered. Yeah. What well, also has another physiological uh, uh, um what am I trying to say here? It has an effect on another physiological part of your body is, is when you are taking slow, deep breath, it actually lowers your heart rate. It's, it, it lowers your blood pressure, your heart rate. It calms you down. 
um, and it slows your mind a little bit. So you're not just like jumping all over the place. Um, for, you know, if you talk to an athlete, for example, um, especially people who run, one of the things that they do when they're running is they're breathing in through their nose slowly and then out through their mouth slowly. So that's another breathing technique that you can have is if you're feeling angry, you just, you breathe in for 10 seconds through your nose and then you let it out for 10 seconds, just through your mouth. And, and, it, and it helps. I mean, if you practice that now, just do it really quick. If yes. you just breathe in, you feel your body slower. Absolutely. It just, you just start sinking down a little bit and that helps you to recollect yourself. And it's the opposite of what happens when you get angry. Yeah. Your blood pressure goes up, <laughs> you breathe fast, your mind is racing. So again, breathing, Great, a great tip. It's almost like God gave us a natural way to respond to our anger. Yes, and I want to. I want to tell you, it's okay in a conversation. Don't feel awkward if you just take a deep breath and pause where there's that awkward silence. Better to do that than say or do something stupid. Yep, absolutely. But here's our our tenth and final uh, uh, way to deal with your anger, and it's to what? Say nothing. Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's tough for people. And s- smile. Telling them you need time to think before you speak, you'll get back to them in 72 hours. The Proverbs, uh, this is one that I've had actually in a meeting uh, where I was very angry in this meeting and I just said nothing. The proverb came to my mind, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's okay. If you're, if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say say nothing nothing at all. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's. Now, something our parents used to always say, mm-hmm. so it's, you might as well stick to it. If you got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. But we hope that those 10 practical ways are going to help you because anger is a tough thing to deal with. It is. Um, but but it's it's not an excuse, though. You know, Even though it's hard to handle, it's not an excuse to not try to handle it. Um, That's right. And, and as believers in Jesus... Um, we have to we have to do everything that we can to to model him. Yes. And Jesus controlled his anger. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as I'm gonna assume that Jesus had moments where he was feeling a little a little close to angry when you know he's walking around for three years with his disciples and they keep asking him the same questions over and over and over again. And he and he explains to them like the son of man has to die before any of this can happen. They're like, no way. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to happen. Like, I, I don't know about, I don't know about Jesus, but I know if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, all right, guys, I, <laughs> but listen to me again, please. And I, you know, but, but Jesus modeled for us a good way and we should definitely respond to anger appropriately. Amen. Amen. So, um, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, and I hope that, I hope that even though this was short, this was, we're at 46 minutes right now. Um, which is pretty good for, for us. Us is short. <laughs> yes, that is short. That's. I mean, we still and the other episodes we have forty more minutes to go. Um, but we, you know, we hope that this worked. We 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 want to make sure that we're giving you a lot of good information, touching on you know history, tradition, uh, reason, scripture, uh, and our experiences without uh, trying to make you drink through a um, a fire hose. So um, let us know what you think about kind of the shortened the shortened format for us, but. Uh, we want to we want to pray for you before we leave, and uh, and then we look forward to seeing you again in about two weeks. So yes. um, hopefully in two weeks, hopefully nothing big comes up between now and then. Um, but yeah, Mike, do you want to close this in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we submit our hearts to you in the name of Jesus, and we submit in our hearts and our minds this this emotion called anger. And so, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you will help us be under control with anger. You will. Um, Help us by by a renewed and sanctified mind to be able to uh, control it and be able to let the Holy Spirit manifest in us uh, love 
and when when we do get angry we'd be checked and we would be able to express the life and the words and the presence of jesus so we ask for your blessing to be upon our listeners we thank you so much for them and god i pray in jesus name that your word would run swiftly in our hearts and be glorified in jesus name amen amen, amen. god bless